You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Locked on ACC. Super excited for what should be a very phenomenal week. We have got ACC football starting Thursday. We are going to be rocking and rolling. I am more than thrilled to have football back in the building. I've got Ken Gibbs here from Locked on Wolfpack. And of course, him be on Monday kicking off the show. He also happens to be the NC State host who kicks off the season for us. Can't get into any more details beyond just saying, going to be an exciting time. Ken, how you feeling? Oh, I feel great as always. Anytime I get to be on this show, it's a good time. Uh, it's a good time to, to talk to ACC listeners as well as uh, members of Wolfpack Nation. But but anybody who wants to listen in, it's great to talk. A hundred percent. We're going to give you a breakdown of how the season will commence, how the hosts are going to be broken down so you can make sure you have your ears perked for your respective teams, but more importantly, how you get an overview of the entire conference. So let's get right into it, shall we? On Mondays, my guy Kenton, he's going to hold it down for game recap. So every Saturday or Friday, you're going to see your favorite teams compete. And then on Monday, Kenton and I, we're going to talk about it. First segment is always going to be about the Atlantic Division. We're going to have NC State, Louisville, and Boston College covered. Okay? Then on the second segment, we're going to do a little coastal division. It's going to be Miami, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, and Pittsburgh. Ken, let me ask you, do you feel like you have those teams pretty covered? You feel good about the ones that are part of your list? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, the ACC plays just amazing football. And and if for anybody who would argue we don't, did you see the first Power 5 game of the year? It was Nebraska versus Illinois. Now, as much as people like to say, oh, those are the two bottom feeders in the conference. Well, Penn State's supposed to be a big dog in the conference, and Nebraska beat them last year. So with that being said, uh, the ACC plays really good football. It's always enjoyable to watch, even when you're watching teams who don't exactly have it together uh, competing against one another. It's still normally a quality product to see. And so, you know, the teams that you just mentioned, I'm excited about them. Yes, and then the final segment that Kenny will wrap and give us is the best game of the weekend. It'll be his personal insights, a little hot take. It could be a game that we all agree about and we'll discuss on Twitter, or it could be a game that we're not really feeling. It's all up to Ken, so no pressure on that one. You know, I'm going to try my hardest to not be a homer and say that it, it was whatever game that NC State played in. Uh, at the end of the day, I, am, I, I, I have a very simple motto with my sports journalism, no fluff pieces, no hit pieces. So when it comes to these uh, games of the week, I guarantee you to bring you the same thing, folks. I'm going to bring you what I think was the most entertaining game. Now, be warned, I am not a guy who loves to see uh, 58 to 60 shootouts. I don't want to see basketball scores because normally that means that there was extremely poor execution on defense. However, if there is a game where defenses are doing what they're supposed to do, the offenses are just lighting them up, they just happen to be one step faster, they just happen to be amazing one-hand catches everywhere, then I'll acknowledge that. But just know you're not going to get with me, yo, let me find the highest score. Oh, that was the, the game of the week. That's not what you're getting here, folks. Well, let's backpedal for a second because you are a defensive guy. You play defense at NC State. And we all know that this day and age, everybody wants to see high-flying Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, who can go for 50, who can go for 65. But as a defender, 
don't you feel like maybe some close seven to 14 games are as, just as exciting? See, here's the thing. I've, so, for example, you go back to the Virginia Tech-Wake Forest game that went into, like, what was it, three overtimes and there was no scoring? And watching that game, that was not a game where the defenses just dominated. The offenses were god-awful. There were a number of fumbled snaps. There were a number of bots handoffs or very short passes that were dropped and turned into interceptions and things of that sort. So, I mean, that game was just not as entertaining to watch if I'm recalling it correctly. Now, mind you, 17 years of football ain't great for the memory, so I could be recalling that wrong. But, like, for example, the Alabama-LSU game yeah. uh, where it was like uh, nine, I want to say it was like 14 to nine or something like that uh, a few years ago when there was Patrick Peterson and all those guys and Tyron Matthew there. Th- that game was really good because it wasn't that the offenses were making just comical blunders. It was those two defenses were playing lights-out football. And so that is a game where everything went as it did. The defenses did their job. Offenses did their job. It just happened to be a low-scoring game. If we have that in a low-scoring game, great. If we have it in a high-scoring game, great. I just don't like games where there's a thousand blown coverages where we're just looking up like, now, wait a minute. They're, they're in the deep two, and that safety is not leaving the hat, and he has a vertical on the outside. What, is, what are you doing, son? That's, that's the type of thing that – you're, you lose potential for game of the week when there's a lot of that. No doubt. And, of course, you'll see some high-flying defense from NC State, Clemson's of the world, a couple of great players from Pittsburgh. But then again, you'll see some great offense from De'Aaron King in covering Miami, uh, Jeff Sims with Georgia Tech, and you know Phil Dracovic from Boston College. I think you're going to have a nice mix. So I'm excited to hear your Monday segments and recap those. Now, you're thinking, okay, Candace, he clearly is not covering the entire ACC in one sloop short. We're going to give you all the scores, right? But we've got to give a more intense breakdown, and we don't necessarily have the time to go as in-depth as we would like. So that's why you got to come back on Tuesday. J.J. Jackson from Locked On Blue Devils, he is going to give an Atlantic and Coastal Division Part 2. He'll be covering Florida State, Wake Forest, and Syracuse, UNC Duke, and Virginia while also giving his best game of the weekend. So every school is going to get their time to shine. You know, you're going to have certain plays, certain memories that we can all recap and just really enjoy. So you got to come back for Monday and Tuesday, but then we got the Wednesday, right? The ranking AJ black from locked on Boston college will give us the opportunity to rank weekly every school in the conference. So maybe you'll get a little NC state love. Maybe he'll have you guys at the bottom. I don't feel like it'll ever be at the bottom, but you never know with him. He is an Atlantic hardcore Homer guy. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the fact of the matter is, you never want to rank teams inappropriately on purpose, especially a good team, because if you rank that team at the bottom and then they come back and beat your team, what does that say about you? What does it say about your boy? You know, it, it behooves everyone to rank folks appropriately where they should be, not too high, not too low, exactly where they should be, because you run the risk of looking like a joke. And the worst thing is, if you rank a good team uh, really low and your team happens to beat them, now everybody's looking like, that's what you should have done instead of putting proper gravity to, yeah, you probably be one of the better teams. So, no doubt. And then on Thursday, we've got Tyler Aki from Lock on Syracuse. He'll give the same Atlantic and Coastal Division breakdowns as Kenton did on Monday, but we're going to do it the week ahead. So, we're going to let go of it. We know that a lot of coaches talk about we got to have short memories. We're on to the next. And so, he'll give a breakdown of what games that those respective teams have and the best game of the weekend prediction. 
Okay, and then Friday, we got Freestyle Friday with Drizzy Drake. Look at the week ahead, giving predictions on scores, but also the same group of Atlantic and Coastal teams that J.J. Jackson had from Locked on Blue Devils. So all game weekend predictions will happen on Friday here on this show. We're super excited for the opportunity, again, just to be in the thick of football. How excited are you for the season? Very seriously. Oh, I'm extremely excited. I I watched the Rainbow Warriors of Hawaii get absolutely dominated by UCLA. And I said to myself, well, no wonder they play at 2 a.m. every week because I wouldn't want to put this on mainstream TV either. But uh, in all seriousness, it's, it's been it's been really good. I, I've watched almost every piece of uh, college football that you can see. I watched the uh, NCCU and Alcorn game. Shout out to both of those teams. Shout out to all the HBCUs out there. For those of you who don't know, I used to cover uh, the HBCUs in the triangle for a short little bit there. So, I mean, th- this is it's the most wonderful time of the year, if you ask. It really and truly. Can we talk about that central game? Like, let's just say that given we're talking about rankings and where people can sit, we always talk about where people are going to start and how our predictions, you never know until you play the game. Nobody had central beating Alcorn State at all. Nobody had it. Everybody from college game day, we had Lee Corso picking the Braves and everyone was assuming that it was going to be a blowout. And here come little old Central making it known, making it known who they are and representing the Eagles very well. So shout out to them, right? We, and if you have not yet, we do have a lock on HBCU podcast. So if you want to hear more coverage on the HBCU teams, I strongly encourage you to do that. But also we are here five days a week, free on all pod, podcast platforms, talking about your favorite teams in the ACC. If you're a college football fan, we've got you covered here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Tune in to your favorite Power 5 conferences show on Thursday, September 26th and Friday, September 27th. Search Locked On ACC, Big 10, Big 12, Pac-12, and SEC on the Odyssey apps or wherever you get podcasts. So as we're talking about the start of the season, we have officially four days left until NC State kicks off and plays USF. Again, as I mentioned, Monday shows are all about Ken giving us his predictions and feels good vibes. Not sure if that will be the game of the week for him, but I'm assuming he's really excited to see the Wolfpacks take the stage. Can you talk a little bit about the team and give uh, some insight and clues as to what you feel like the game, how the game's going to go? That better not be the game of the week. <laughs> USF was a one-win group of five team last year. If this is the game of the week, something has gone horribly wrong. People are going to be looking at Doran like, what? You let Fortin, who couldn't win the job at the University of No Consequences, and transferred on over to to South Florida, go ahead and and give you a game, give you a run at a program that's been just the pitch since Taggart left? That's what you've done? Oh, no. No, 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 no. No, 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 and no. But, uh, yeah, what am I looking forward to as far as uh, NC State goes? I am – there are certain things on that team. The, there, there's no question. There's no question about our linebacker. I think they're one of the best in the country. You really cannot tell me that you can name five linebacking cores that top to bottom are as good as theirs. But now, after I get past the linebacker, how do our DBs – after last year, everybody in their mama who put on a jersey for NC State last year – got hurt in that defensive backfield. We were converting freshman receivers over. We were playing walk-ons big minutes or former walk-ons big minutes. It was just, it was a tough time 
it was a really tough time. So now that we're looking at health in the, the secondary, what are we going to see? What are you going to do now? Because there's no more excuses of, oh, well, this person's hurt or that person's out or this person. No more of that. You've got a full deck. Everybody is where they should be. So I should see some instant and early domination when we're talking about this USF game. Who is my guy that can't stay out, who can't stay in the game because he's always getting targeting calls? Uh, you would be talking about Tanner Engel. Yeah. How's he feeling? How's he looking? We feel like he's going to stay in the game? I'll tell you this. <laughs> they, they have said that Tanner Engel has, has still come with his same level of ferocity and aggression, but it's more channeled now. It's more controlled now. And here's the unfortunate thing about being a guy who just is that guy, right? It's like being a Draymond Green or Rasheed Wallace in basketball. You're going to get a tech quicker than everybody else just because you are who you are. So Tanner has to be aware of being hyper-focused on not getting targeting because at the end of the day, the, the eyes are on you. When people are looking at, well, who was ejected from the most games in uh, the ACC last year? You were. When people are looking at a guy who was ejected from almost, I want to say he was ejected from more games than anybody in the country last year. You're the guy. So the, all eyes are on you. The refs are going to be watching you. They're going to be watching every hit you make to make sure it's clean. So keep it within, within the whistle. Keep it within the target zone. Keep it within everything that needs to be within. Keep do, doing you, big guy. And we also have Kenton covering Clemson this season. And Clemson will be versus Georgia to open up the gates. Listen, I'm all for a good, strong opener, as we'll talk about a couple teams here. But when you have the weight of the world on your shoulders, the weight of a conference on your shoulders, that is some serious pressure for DJ Uigalele, Justin, Justin Ross and company. Also, James Golfie. I feel like it's going to be closer than people think. I slightly give the edge to George. I'll tell you what. Clemson has the weight of Clemson on the show. They don't need any other weight. There shouldn't be any other they are not, yes, they are the flag bearers from the conference by the fact that they've won it outright X amount of years in a row. Sure. But the reality is when you go into a game like this, when you are looking at a situation where you've got, um, where you've got players on players on players who have been to the league, who have been first rounders, who have, you know, set the standards for top five, top 10 draft picks, or whatever the case may be, you carry the weight of that. The conference, eh, eh, eh. It's on the conference to be good for themselves. That's not incumbent upon DJ or or um, DJ or or Brian Brees or Skalski or anybody uh, Booth as well. It's not on them to be good for the conference. It's on them to be good for Clemson. So if you're expecting them to be the flag bearer for the conference, I mean they've de facto taken that role by how they dominated the conference. But this game against Georgia is about is Clemson ready to uh, continue winning big games even without their big names. And honestly, I think so. I don't know when Georgia has ever won a truly big game, but more power to you if you believe in Georgia. If you want to bet on Georgia in a big game, I have oceanfront property to sell you in Raleigh, North Carolina. Now, don't ask me which ocean it is off of. It is off of a ocean, and I will take you to see the water and just give me the 500000 up front before I pay you, I meant before you see the water. Fair enough. And we also know that Clemson usually dominates the Sharks. That's that's their play. So it's kind of like a home game for them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Georgia fans travel well. They do. But, but the fact of the matter is, just by proximity, I mean, that's that's in Clemson's backyard, more or less. I mean, 
Charlotte is really, if you look at Charlotte in juxtaposition of the uh, closest point in the closest point in the uh, center of the state to how close it is to uh, the major cities in South Carolina, it's closer to South Carolina in that respect. So uh, when you look at that, we're, we're going to see a situation where Clemson fans are going to be well represented. But at the end of the day, with two programs like this that are used to playing in front of 30,000, 40,000, however many thousands of fans, fans don't matter. It's about you and what you do between those lines. It's different if you're looking at a school that has a stadium that seats about 8,000 and they're in their conference, they're a group of five. So most teams got 10 to 12,000 in their stadium. And, and even then, the stadium seats 10 to 12,000 maximum capacity. But really, you're seeing about five or six. This ain't that. And that ain't it. But these programs are built for this. So uh, I think that the uh, home field advantage, should, you know, should basically uh, even itself up. Fair enough. And then we also have Louisville playing Ole Miss on Monday, September 6th, playing in Atlanta, Georgia, another great game. And I think that Louisville, it'll be, it'll be a good matchup. I think Coach Satterfield certainly has a lot to prove this season. I think that Malik Cunningham is going to have his hands full. But guys on the defensive side like C.J. Avery can certainly help things and you know give the team at least a good 6-7. So here's the thing, right? Ole Miss has a Heisman dark horse in uh, Corral, and everybody is super high on them. And, and at the end of the day, Malik Cunningham is a guy that people would say he's had a breakout year if he just performs well. Not like outstanding. He doesn't need to be the second coming of Lamar Jackson. If he just performs well, people will say he had a breakout year. So with that being said, you look at this Louisville Ole Miss game, and Louisville's defense has a lot of pieces coming back, and you're, you're asking yourself, how well can this defense hold up against an Ole Miss offense that's led by one of the better offensive minds um, in the game, in Lane Kiffin? And honestly, in the words of El DeBarge, time will reveal. Because I, I don't know. This, that game, to me, because Ole Miss is so mercurial, you don't know where it's right? Corral is, is a, a Heisman candidate, but he also threw 11 interceptions in the two-game span last year. So, like I said, time will reveal what these teams are or not. I think that that is the game that has the potential to be the most exciting. That would be one where if you're looking at this opening week where, or the week one, because week zero is technically opening week now, if you're looking at these week one matchups, I would not be surprised if that turned out to be the game. Very fair enough. And if you want to hear more exclusive coverage on Locked on Louisville, you can certainly hit up our guy Dalton Pence. We have a whole YouTube channel there. All of the podcasts available wherever you listen. He is holds it down. Great episodes. Great insight. He is very high on Louisville. Can't wait to have him on the show here. But more importantly, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, great ACC football is what we're after. We also have Boston College playing Colgate at noon. Don't think we had to go too in-depth there. I think that's a pretty nice opener, a soft opener for Coach Halfley and company. But if we want to go to the Coastal, we're going to talk about Miami, Georgia Tech, and Virginia Tech. After I remind you guys about Sweat Block, okay? It's doctor-created and doctor-recommended. It works for up to seven days per use. I have tried it myself. And when I tell you Sweat Block is the business, it absolutely is. It's dry shirt guaranteed. If it doesn't keep your shirt dry, you can absolutely get your money back. It's a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years with over 13,000 reviews, and it's manufactured here in the United States. You can wear what you want to wear, and then your little secret to confidence is absolutely sweat block. It's a must-have 
for your toiletry bag when you're traveling and on the go. Sweat block is your go-to for a hot day or any sort of occasion. So make sure you hit up sweat block at sweatblock.com with promo code LOCKEDON or Amazon and CVS, and you can get it today for 20% off your first order. So Ken Gibbs from Locked On Wolfpack talking to me about his respective teams that he'll be covering this season. We have a lot of good things to cover here. We have the Coastal Division that we want to talk to. Ken Gibbs, as you, if you guys heard the crossover episode on Friday, was really high on this Miami team based on the Eric King's health. A lot of people are saying, a lot of reports are coming out based on some you know, practices and some scrimmages that De'Aaron King is looking kind of nice. So everyone might be in trouble in the ACC. I don't know, but you tell me as a former athlete, as a former football player himself, what should we make of scrimmages, if nothing? And should we still have the same kind of hype around Miami? Who will be playing Alabama, if I'm not mistaken? Because I, I can usually get no, mistaken, but Alabama. I'm not. Okay. They're playing Alabama. Let me, let me tell you this. Scrimmages mean, uh, scrimmages mean as much as a good morning text. Oh, okay. So, so absolutely nothing. What? Absolutely. Nothing. A good morning text is very important. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. Please. Um, the the scrimmage means as much as a good morning text when you've got them on auto send to all 12 people on your own. That's that's what that means. You it, know what? It means nothing. It means nothing. It, this is, it means something to the person receiving. And, the fans. And guess what? I was just about to say the fans are the person receiving. Because you've got this deluded idea in your mind of like, oh, he looked good in the one or two series against the one, so he's going to be good now. I am a big, big fan of the year. Big fan of the way he plays football. I Everything about the way that the man goes about his business, the way that he does what he does, great guy on and off the field, right? He's a guy, if, if some bad news was to come out about him, misconduct off the field type of thing, I would legitimately be shocked. <laughs> but now, with all that being said, these scrimmages, you know they're not going to hit me. I'm not lying. You can make passes with a little different confidence when you know when I plant this foot, nobody's going to be landing. When I, when I do this cut off this knee, nobody's going to be coming for this. But if they get to you quickly, that's still a sack, right? Like Even if they don't actually physically tack, tackle you. So let's say you're this, someone beats the O-line, uh-huh. right? And they come and get him. And just because they don't hit him, he still you know, has a sack on his belt. Yes, but it, the stakes are different, okay? The stakes are different. Less pressure. It's, it's not just less pressure. I, I, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. The thing about football players that a lot of people don't realize, in basketball, the difference in physicality and contact from, like, practice to game, a little different. It's a little different, right? The difference in physicality for a quarterback from practice to games, it's a wide cap. It is night and day. In practice, the people literally are so adamant about not touching the quarterback. If any of you listeners watch Hard Knocks, you'll see uh, the, the, the young man, Kamara, uh, he ran by the quarterback, and the quarterback hit his hand on Kamara's helmet by accident while Kamara was trying to duck the quarterback. And what did everybody say? They were all up his behind about not touching the quarterback. That is how adamant people are that you do not breathe on the quarterback in practice. In a game? They're going to be doing more than breathing on you. They're going to be putting hands on you. They're going to be putting paws on you. It's going to be a lot of 
it's gonna be a lot of that going on in the game. It's gonna be a lot of a lot of wind knocked out of you, a lot of air sucked about you by them defenders in the game. That's just the reality. Well, he'll certainly have that opportunity to get a little love from some defenders when he plays Alabama at 3.30. That'll be on Saturday, September 4th in Atlanta, Georgia. So I'm just hoping for a good game for the Hurricanes. As you had mentioned, the defense is certainly something to speak on. But as I mean, we don't really know much of Alabama's offense the same way everyone was hype on their offense last week. I'll tell you this, and some people are going to say I'm crazy, and this has the potential this has the potential to blow up in my face big time, but I'm going to say it because it must. If I'm Manny Diaz, I'm having a conversation with myself about whether or not I want to start Diaz. Really? Absolutely. You can't Absolutely. not start him for this game because it sets the tone of the confidence for the rest of the season, in my opinion. Let me tell you something. Okay. We have already, like I said before, we have already seen this Alabama team, not this iteration of Alabama, but another. Completely destroy a program up out of Florida. Completely demolish every bit of momentum that they had. Every bit of like, oh, they're still a good team. They just didn't win. They just weren't in the top. Oh, they'll get it figured out. Destroy it in one game. Just all it took was that one game. And everything after that, straight down here. Manny, I don't know if you want to play with Eric like this. Because here's the thing. You have to get, no. You have even to get that with, man confidence. You even have with, to get that man confidence. Even with Deere, even with Deere, you're probably going to lose. You're probably going to lose. That's if you're a coach, you cannot go into there okay, knowing I that. You. you cannot talk to your players like that. You have to say if there's any given chance. If you sit here and said out of your mouth when you were on the show with the rest of the, our team, you sat there and said that Miami's defense is one to watch. No? I said that Miami's defense is one to watch. Absolutely. Now, just in now, relative, relatively to the conference? No, 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 okay. no, no, no. The, the thing is, saying that their defense is one to watch is one thing. Realizing that your offensive line is still a little underdeveloped. Realizing that the weapons that you have surrounding Eric aren't exactly up to par. To re- You've got a Maserati out there with Hondas. That's just the reality. First of all, I drive a Honda. Don't play with me. I drive a Honda Accord. I love my Honda. It ain't a Maserati. If somebody said, Ken, you want to keep this on it? You want to get a Maserati? I'm not, I'm not going to ask myself, well, this is a tough question. Worst case scenario, I get the Maserati, sell that thing and buy another Honda and get some more cars on top of that. But that's my exact point. You're racing him up against a bunch of Maseratis. You're going to have a, a tough time finding the Honda on Alabama's defense. So do you think after one or two bad plays or scary plays, you take him out? No, no, no. So Here's the thing. You started, you started. If you go with it, you got to go with it. But to me, I think that you should be asking yourself, Don't play. do I, do I want to risk him for the season now for this one game when we could? Because think about it this way. If you sit De'Eric out for this game, right? Like you say, oh, he's got some knee soreness. You know, you know how they ease it in the, the, the injury report and all. He's got some. You sit him down. Y'all get demolished. Who's upset at you with getting demolished with your QB2 against Alabama? Now, now watch this. Who's upset at you if you're getting demolished with your QB1 and you lose him for the rest of the season? Off a knee that everybody said, wait a minute, he recovered in how quick? I mean, your job is on the line either way because everyone keeps saying that the U is back. But I say, if you're going to play the number one team in the country and you say everyone says they want to play the best of the best and stand toe-to-toe with the best of the best, you cannot put 
your second court quarterback two or whatever as the front runner. You have to put QB one out there because you have to say at the end of the line, I put my best offense forward. I put my best team and gave my team the best chance to be successful. But did you give your team the best chance of being successful long term? They said, and I'm gonna tell you like this. I'm gonna tell you like this again. I'm gonna go back to hard knocks. They say his leg is good. I'm gonna go back to hard knocks here. Didn't Dak say his shoulder was good? Didn't he say everything is good? I'm good. Then what happened? Uh, they told him, you're on the pitch count. You got to sit it out. Man, I'm good. I sat out all that time. I don't want to sit out no more. Then what happened? It, sometimes, as a coach, you got to know. Everybody says they want to play the best. Everybody says, we want Bama. We want LSU. Give us whoever. Everybody says that. In reality, it's a little different. Everybody wants Bama to the get on the line, but I think that De'Ara King is one wants to be a leader. He's shown extreme leadership and wants to be the vocal point of that Miami team, and he's going to do whatever it takes to win for that team. As he should. But let me tell you what. <laughs> how you going to lead him if you back on them crutches, big dog? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Like I said, I'm not – it's a reason I'm not a head coach. It's a reason I'm not a coach at all. I think a little differently than some coaches, so I understand – yeah, you have too many it. screws loose. That's exactly what it is. And you know what? Maybe I do. Maybe I do. But I'll tell you what. If I am them, I'm at least having some thoughts about it. Because that offensive line is deer meat. They are mince meat. They are veal. They're, you know, the, the veal parmesan with the perfectly crusted. That, that's what that offensive line is. And them Alabama defenders, they're licking their chops. They, oh, coach, Saban, when can I get to them? Oh, say, say Nick, I need to, that's what's going on right now. Three more teams left to cover here. But first, I'm going to tell you guys about Built Bar. Speaking of delicious food, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Has so many opportunities for you to get some deliciousness with coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, personal favorite, salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. You can get, if you have not yet tried all of the flavors, you can get a mixed box where we get two of each of the nine. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 to 18 grams of protein, and under 200 calories with just four to five grams of sugar. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. Use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And after you hit up Built Bar, make sure you guys get yourselves ready for the season with BetOnline.ag. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at BetOnline. Head over to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up or receive a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo equals make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, and more, your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. Please use promo code locked on. What's up, everybody? This is just part one as we are going to give you a two-parter here for this full episode so you can catch 
all the vibes of this great conversation with Kenton Gibbs. Make sure you are dialed in there. Remind you, if you have not yet, you have should certainly download and subscribe to Locked on Bets, the new podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. For Candace Cooper and Ken Gibbs, we'll see you part two tomorrow. You are Locked on ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. 